want me to start this one? Yes. Welcome back to Subject Across. I'm your host, Caroline Donato. And I am your co-host, Pete Kratza. And today we're talking about... Murder. Murder. Murder on the mind. Yeah. So you, you want me to take the lead in terms of explaining the degrees of murder in Pennsylvania? Yes. All right. Let's, let's educate and then kind of riff off of that. All right. There are three degrees of murder in Pennsylvania. I would imagine most listeners are generally familiar with this. Any murder that is a murder allegation in Pennsylvania requires malice. And I'll get to the definition of malice. Um, but in any event, there's a, a first-degree murder is an intentional killing with malice. A second-degree murder is basically a murder uh, committed um, while the defendant is engaged either as a principal or an accomplice in the perpetration of a felony. So that's felony murder. Can murder I give an two. example? Can I jump in? Sure. Okay, murder God, I didn't two. get very far before you <laughs> jumped in. Well, I don't want to lose them. Um, murder two. Are you implying I'm boring people already? It's been like a minute. <laughs> Maybe just my attention oh span really short on this Friday before Christmas. Yeah, it's a great topic, by the way, that you picked for uh, the holidays. Murder. Well, don't murder your family while you're all together. I was originally going to try to surprise you and, f- like, try to do something with, like, match the holiday cartoon character with their crimes but it was just like way too hard to do like what kind of like the grinch or hermie like what would hermie's your your uh do you still call him herbie by the way no hermie hermie um what would his crime be well hermie didn't commit crimes he just wanted to be a dentist we're getting a little off topic, but I will I say this. I think he would be practicing medicine without a license. He, you know, because he, he was did practicing on dolls. Thing. I thought he ended up. Bad. Didn't he have to take the tooth out of the abominable snowman or something? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got his license by then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, just on a brief aside, um, <clears throat> it's it's close to Christmas. Pete and I are hunkering down in the podcast room, and about I don't know eight years ago. I got Pete a toy Santa from the claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and I got myself Hermie, the elf, who wanted to be a dentist. And every year since then, Pete goes into my office whenever I'm in court or not there, and he puts Hermie in these abusive positions. They're not always abusive. He always needs help of some sort. He wished you, he was holding the marker and it said Merry Christmas. But he was on top of two boxes. He could have fallen. Yeah, it's true. So, so I've actually created an Instagram story about this because it's just been funny now over the years. But, you know, one day I walked into my office and I noticed my blinds for my one window were pulled up a little bit. And I never have my blinds pulled up because I don't want anyone to see what's in my office because it's, you know, confidential information about clients. Um, and I realize Hermie is outside the window, and on my whiteboard is him writing, help, let me in. That made me howl laughing. That was one of my better ones. That was really good. Sometimes Hermie is hanging by his neck yeah. with the, the blinds yeah. string. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Hermie is hanging by upside down by his feet with 100 paper clips clipped. That was like t- Mission Impossible. People tell me how much time you spend in my office when I'm in court doing this. It, it's Quite well, my a dedication. kids are convinced I don't work. I am too. Yeah. 
No. Of course you were. It's kind of fun. Um, all right, so can we go back to murder? Oh, yeah. you were going to so, give an example of So murder, murder of the, the second, second degree. degree, when you're committing a, a murder during the commission of a felony, it's kind of like, um, here's a practical example or a common example. Someone is committing a robbery uh, in a bank, and even if by accident shoots, um, sh- shoots a teller or shoots somebody or somebody gets shot in the commission of that felony, that then becomes murder two. Second well, I mean, the getaway driver um, would be an example. The getaway driver um, to a, a bank robbery where someone is killed mm-hmm. um, is potentially on the hook for murder of the second degree, even though they never possessed a weapon, even though they never set foot in the bank. They're an accomplice to a, a felony. Right. A murder was committed in the course of the felony, murder of the second degree. Murder of the third degree is just basically a catch-all. All other kinds of murder... Um, that is a, a killing committed with malice that doesn't fit in box number one, which is an intentional killing, or box number two, which is felony murder. Murder three is uh, the catch-all. Um, I, think, I think it's helpful um, in terms of trying to explain these always to look at the suggested uh, jury instructions. And, for instance, listeners, if you were on a jury and you were um, – deciding a murder case this is the one of the instructions that the judge gives before defining each of these crimes i will tell you about malice which is an element of murder but not of manslaughter a person who kills must act with malice to be guilty of any degree of murder the word malice as i am using it has a special legal meaning it does not mean simply hatred spite or ill will Malice is a shorthand way of referring to any of three different mental states that the law regards as being bad enough to make a killing murder. The type of malice differs for each degree of murder. And then you would be instructed, thus for murder of the first degree, intent to kill. Murder of the second degree, felony murder. Murder of the third degree, a killing is with malice if the perpetrator's actions show his or her wanton and willful disregard of an unjustified and extremely high risk that his or her conduct would result in death or serious bodily injury to another. In this form of malice, the Commonwealth need not prove that the perpetrator specifically intended to kill another. The Commonwealth must prove, however, that he or she took action while consciously, that is knowingly, disregarding the most serious risk he or she was creating and that by his or her disregard of that risk, he or she demonstrated his or her extreme indifference to the value of human life. So, examples. Sometimes we, uh, over the course of our careers, will have a um, a DUI accident where, uh, you know, tragically somebody dies. Pennsylvania has punished homicide by vehicle while DUI separately that is, if the DUI uh, causes the death, then you are punished. That's a three-year mandatory for each person that is killed. But in certain circumstances, if the facts of the case and the, co- and the opinion of the, the prosecution are so outrageous, they can also charge third-degree murder. Right. For example, driving the wrong way down the Schuylkill Expressway high on drugs with a really high BAC, um, and the, the defendant has multiple DUIs, 
and they drive the wrong way down uh, 76. Cars are trying to honk, tell them to get off the road, and they run right into somebody and kill them. Um, there have been cases like that, not that we've been involved in directly, but charged and, I believe, convicted of third-degree murder. But it's something that when we get a homicide by vehicle, while with or without DUI, um, depending on the circumstances of that allegation, we're mindful of the Commonwealth's eye towards third, depending on certain aggravating factors. Mm-hmm. But and on it, the other, in, in the in the in the other vein, um, you can have somebody charged with first degree murder, and that's the sentence for that is life without parole or death. Well, yeah, but that's atypical. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the last time Pennsylvania actually. Well, they can exec- impose them. They can impose it, but. I don't know the last time that they actually executed somebody. Um, But to avoid that risk at sentencing, and this kind of goes hand in hand with our previous episode on mitigation and sentencing, just depending on the facts of the case, depending on the nature and circumstances of the offense and the offender, sometimes you're able to avoid first-degree murder and negotiate or ask a jury for third degree. It wasn't first, it wasn't intentional, but ladies and gentlemen of the jury, or Mr. or Madam Prosecutor, it was a knowing disregard of the most serious risk that he was creating, and that by his disregard of that risk, demonstrating an extreme indifference to the value of human life. It wasn't intentional, but it was something It was something that involves some and, form and of frequently malice. it can be a compromise verdict that they don't want. And by the way, Juries are not advised and not supposed to know what the penalties are for these offenses. Um, I think most people know intuitively, maybe I'm wrong, that, you know, first-degree murder, you're not getting out. But you're not allowed to argue uh, to a jury um, the punishment. Um, But a lot of times, third-degree murder, one won't say a lot of times, but it isn't uncommon for a third-degree murder uh, verdict to be rendered as kind of a compromise. Uh, like the offense, for example, just broad strokes here, the offender went out one night, um, didn't intend to kill someone when, when going out, but then engaged in certain circumstances that was enough to show an extreme indifference to human life. Yeah, or the jury, uh, you know what, the defense is arguing that he didn't do anything wrong. The prosecutors arguing it's first degree murder compromise Let's just compromise at third and get out of here um there are two lesser degrees when you're dealing with uh, um um a killing um voluntary manslaughter uh, there could be no malice when when certain reducing circumstances are present i'm borrowing from the jury instruction when these circumstances are present a killing may be voluntary manslaughter but never murder this is true when it kill, a defendant kills in heat of passion following serious provocation or kills under an unreasonable mistaken belief in justifying circumstances. For instance, unreasonable self-defense. Um, you know, kids ding-dong ditching and somebody thinks unreasonably that somebody's trying to break into their house and they shoot them. Um, that could be a voluntary manslaughter. I have a typical one. Husband comes home, sees his wife in bed with another man, kills the man in the heat of passion. Yeah, Voluntary manslaughter. So that's voluntary manslaughter. And then involuntary manslaughter is a a causing the death of another person by reckless or grossly negligent conduct. So again, 
you might the, one of these trials might center around whether it's a third degree murder case, whether their their conduct was so willful, wanton, you know, hardness of heart, all the language that uh, uh, malice entails, or whether it was nearly negligent or reckless. And that's where you have to, you know, look at the facts of the case. You have to argue. You have to advocate for the client. They're difficult cases because nobody's going to like what your client did. And what you're trying to uh, get the jury to focus on is, okay, but was it really that bad? Was the, was the conduct really that bad or was this negligent? Yes, it was negligent. Yes, it was reckless. They didn't intend to kill anybody. It's involuntary manslaughter. And involuntary manslaughter is the type of killing that is a misdemeanor. Can it be a felony sometimes? Uh, is it a felony if it involves a child? Misdemeanor of the first degree, where the victim is under 12. So, yeah, you're right. No, it's misdemeanor of the first degree all the time. I would imagine it would be higher. Oh, misdemeanor of the first degree. I'm sorry. It is a felony of the second degree, where the victim is under 12. That makes sense. Yeah. So I was right the first time, because I said it could be a felony sometimes. Right. Yeah, thanks. Right. Okay. Yeah. We're in agreement. Is that all we're talking about, about murder? Yeah. I don't know. I've had murder on the brain. I've had mitigation on the brain and sentencing well, on the brain. I mean, you shouldn't have murder on the brain during the holidays. Have well, here's we the alleviated thing. that? No, Do you have murder off of the brain now? It's almost off of the brain. Here's, here's why. Um, the, the clients I've represented in the, in the last year in homicide cases, especially um, there was a more recent one, and because of the mitigation in that case um, and the presentation of the defense to the prosecutors, there was a very, um, I'm, not, I'm going to be very broad Which you here. don't take lightly. You don't take what lightly? The presentation of the defense to no. the prosecutors. No, it was. It was you a, might want to explain that. So sometimes, oftentimes with serious cases, um, we engage in plea negotiations with prosecutors, and that requires face-to-face conversations and a real presentation where we take the case and our analysis of it and what you know we usually have an offer from the prosecutors as to what they want to see the how how the case should resolve um, outside of a trial and then we look at the case and we have our counter offer as to well this is how we would like it to resolve and then the presentation focuses on why we want it to resolve that way and I had murder on the, the brain because I recently had one of these uh, presentations and meetings with prosecutors. They were um, they are very good, uh, well-trained, experienced, thoughtful prosecutors. And the conversation really centered on, is this an intentional killing or was this a reckless killing? And with a combination of the defenses and the mitigation, the presentation cir- circled around, it, it was reckless. We are in a reckless position. And the major difference between intentional and reckless from a defense perspective is saving your own client's life. Because if your client is convicted of first-degree murder, the intentional killing with malice, he's not getting out. Young people are spending their whole lives in jail. So this presentation mattered. It, it was... Um, it was accepted, and I, I walked away from that feeling like his life was saved, and rightfully so. Even looking at the nature and characteristics of the offense and the client and 
all the purposes of sentencing, incapacitation, deterrence, rehabilitation, this was the right outcome and we could all agree to it. So that's why mitigation and sentencing was on my mind. That's why murder's on my mind. It's not to say the, the killing of someone is all right. It's not to say someone I sure losing, hope not. No, it's an awful, devastating offense. But it's in balance with so many other things. And that's, that's life. Life is complicated. There's so many factors going into everything. So it's not cut and dry. It's not black and white. But that's why we wanted to give the Which listeners... Which is why I hate mandatory sentences. Right. And that's why we wanted but to I've give... But I've railed on mandatory sentences before. And I hope you never stop. Yeah. Um, but that's why we want the listeners to know this other perspective. Because if you find yourself in this position or a loved one in this position, this nuance and this approach matters. Yeah, I mean, we could spend hours talking about how you develop mitigation, particularly in the context of a, a homicide um, case. But um, I think we've we've addressed the subject sufficiently. We have. And I'm very hopeful that you don't have murder on your mind over Christmas. I don't think so. Good. I don't think so. So long as Hermie can go away for the rest of the season peacefully yeah, without your Yeah, I'm going to have to start planning. Torment. I'll have to start planning in January some of the new scenarios for, for Hermie. Well, you need to spend Do you your time that, doing something. Yeah, exactly. Do you know that they have um, the ability to talk? There's batteries in them. I know. You told me that, and they yeah. ran out of batteries, and you're like going to— Probably like five years ago. Mm-hmm. I wonder what he says. Does he say, I want to be a dentist? He says, stop, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it for this episode of Subject to Cross. Anything else, Pete? No. Signing off. Oh, email us at subjecttocross at macquarie.com. Thank you. Signing off.